Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. Well, good morning. He is risen. Amen, amen. Hey, let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Come on. Hey, it's, it's Easter Sunday. We, if we're going to... If we're going to cheer, let's cheer, right? Let's not play around with it, but let's praise the Lord Jesus this morning. Hey, uh, my name is Brandon. It is so good to be with you. Uh, I know I've met some of you. I was here uh, just a few months ago, I think, and uh, time sure does fly, but it is so good to be back. And for those of you who I haven't met yet, uh, my name is Brandon. I am, uh, I am a church planter. Uh, planted a church in Fairfax, Virginia about eight years ago, and uh, now my family and I just got sent out from there to multiply our church and start another church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, two very different places, and, uh, and so we're just a little south of you guys, and, uh, and so we just started. We just moved there a few months ago and, um, and are excited to be reaching people with the gospel, and I'm so thrilled uh, to get a chance to be here with you this morning to celebrate Easter, uh, man, is so awesome, and um, and you guys, yeah, I I am just so thrilled, and uh, and I want to tell you, I was. Uh, talking to your pastor, uh, Marlon, uh, and he just, he loves you so much, and uh, he says happy Easter and loves you so much, and I know you'll continue to pray for him uh, and his family, and, um, and so as, as we are, and we, we love them so much as well, and you have a great uh, pastor and, and his family, and uh, we look forward to uh, receiving them back soon, and, um, and so hey, uh, do you guys have Bibles? Are we at church or what? I don't know. It's hard to tell around here, but I think we're at church today. Hey, uh, if you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of John chapter 20. And uh, as we get started this morning, man, it is so good to be with you, and it is so good to, um, to get a chance to just talk about uh, today the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so um, I tell you, it is, it, it is a high honor uh, for me, and it's a privilege and, and, and really humbling to think about that we get to sit here and worship Jesus uh, on the day that we celebrate um, the single most important historical event on the face of the planet, um, the time that Jesus rose from the dead. Guys, there is nothing more important than that. There is nothing uh, that historically that has happened that takes precedence over the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Um, now look, I come from a little old school background, alright? I grew up uh, in, in those woods and sticks of Mississippi, which some of you can hear in my accent. And uh, I grew up in uh, a small southern church, and we would, we would play this little game on Easter Sunday where the preacher or somebody would come up to you and they would say, He is risen. And then everybody else would say, do you know what they would say? His, oh, you know that game. Hey, let's play a little bit the Way City Church. Here we go. He is risen. He is risen Amen. Yes, He is. Hey, um, 
Uh, before we dive in, I want to just tell you where we're going this morning because I'm so excited that we get an opportunity to do this and, and worship together. So let me tell you, uh, I, I, I want to tell you about some firm convictions that I have uh, because I think, well, one, it's good for you to know that. But today, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just excited. I've had three cups of coffee this morning. I'm pumped up. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. Like, I'm pumped up and ready to go today. So I'm not yelling at you. I'm just really excited and caffeinated, all right? And so I'm, I'm just pumped up. So I just want, I want you to be pumped up along with me, but I want to share with you just a few uh, convictions that I have. I was sharing this with my kids this morning. I have uh, a wife and three kids. Um, uh, my wife's name is Ellen. Um, my three kids are Zeke, Zoe, and Evie, and they are five, three, and one. And so it is a crazy madhouse in my house. This morning we were talking about, and I was trying to explain to them that I, Daddy just has some really core convictions, especially when it comes to Easter candy. You know what I'm saying? Like, tomorrow is going to be the best. Anybody love Easter candy? Anybody? Yeah, like none of the kids raise their hands, but all the adults, oh, okay, I got one up here, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, so tomorrow is your moment, right? You got to get in there, get it all 50% off, take it in, it's going to be so good when the Easter candy's half off, that's the best day of the year, it's so good. But let me share with you, I have a very firm conviction about this, okay, that the worst Easter candy ever invented are jelly beans, I'm sorry, I know some of you like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm walking out. I can't do that today. Anybody share that conviction with me? All right, me and you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. That's, yeah, you, everybody can have our jelly beans, all right? I just, I can't, I don't like the jelly. So where are my jelly bean fans at? Really? Man, I thought we were tight. <laughs> Jelly bellies? Okay, so see, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. Everybody's got a different flavor of jelly beans, right? So, when, when I, like, I remember I was sharing this with somebody a few years ago, and they were like, well, you just haven't had the right jelly bean. I'm like, well, what's the right jelly bean? And they're like, well, Starburst jelly beans are the absolute best. So, I go to the store now, I'm, I'm getting some amens in here. If y'all watching online, we're having some church right now. Now, listen, I, I tell you what, I, I, there's five different flavors of Starburst. There's like tropical and, uh, you know, and like all this different stuff. And I, I, it just overwhelmed me. So I didn't do that. And then someone else said, well, no, you got to have the Jolly Rancher jelly beans. You know what I'm saying? And so I tried those, but they still just, I, I just couldn't get into it. And then somebody said, well, no, you got to get the Jelly Belly jelly beans but then those like are weird flavors they're like buttered popcorn jelly beans like I don't know I just can't I can't get behind that so I just I'm just telling you all right I love you uh church but I can't get behind the jelly beans but let me tell you I have another firm conviction I mean it's just like such a firm conviction it's one of those things you know you're not going to change my mind about you know what I'm saying like we all have those firm convictions we can go round and round you're just not going to change my mind the absolute best Easter candy best are the Reese's peanut butter eggs they're the best they're the best anybody agree with me on that now I'm just telling you Man, I had no clue we would have so many Jelly Beans fans. Like, everybody's already like, eh, I can't even listen to you, bro. No, listen, I'm telling you, the Reese's eggs 
are better. They're better than the Reese's trees. They're better than the Reese's pumpkins. They're better than ever. Like the Reese's eggs are the absolute best. And you guys know which ones I'm talking about, right? Like the ones in the yellow package. I'm not talking about the little ones. I'm talking about like the big ones. And uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a firm conviction. I love that. I was telling our kids that as I took them out of their Easter baskets this morning. Like, I love that. I, that, that I have a firm conviction. Well, here, here's what else. I have another really firm conviction. You're just not going to change my mind about it. I believe that life is better with Jesus than it is without him. I believe that. Like, you're not going to change my mind about that. Like, you're not going to change my mind. There's nothing you could say or do because I've lived it. I've walked it. I know that a life is better with Jesus than it is without him. Like, like I have walked that life. And so, um, and so today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to share with you how life is better with Jesus. And today, if, I, if we can accomplish nothing else, if you're here today and, uh, I mean, you've been coming to church your whole life, Maybe you're a new Christian and you just started coming to church. Or maybe it's your first time to church ever. Welcome. And I want to share with you today, my main goal is for us to point our eyes to Jesus, who has risen from the dead, who is the Lord of lords and the King of all kings. Like, I want us to put our eyes on Jesus today and realize that nothing else in the world matters in comparison to him. Like, I want us to know today that life really is better with Him than it is without Him. And I want us to see Him today, that no matter what may be happening in our lives today, no matter what we may be facing or going through, whatever doubts or fears we have, whatever discouragements that we bring into this place that we have as a church, listen to me. Life is better with Him than without Him. And I'll tell you, like, I just think um, the biggest thing that, that we need to see is that Jesus, listen to me, was resurrected so we could have a relationship with him. Okay, like when I'm talking about life is better with him, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having a real relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking about like having a religion. I'm not talking about showing up to church once a week. I'm not talking about, you know, whatever. I'm talking about having a real moment by moment relationship with the King of Kings. Jesus was resurrected so that we could have this relationship with him. But see, here's the thing. So many of us miss out on the relationship with Jesus. Listen to me, because we're working too hard. We're working too hard. See, I look at Northern Virginia, and I look at the scope of our culture, and it's performance-driven. you got to perform. You got to do right. You got to be the top. You got to climb the ladder. You got to have the most money. You got to have the most toys. You got to work, work, work. I mean, there. I mean, there are people. The average work hour in a week is like sixty hours in Northern Virginia, and it's all about performing. And if you perform good enough, then people will love you enough. You will love yourself enough as long as you work hard enough and perform enough. But Jesus don't work that way. Jesus says there ain't nothing you can do, have done, or could do that could earn his love. You are just perfectly loved by Jesus. 
That's why I'm here to tell you Jesus was resurrected to have a relationship with you. And so when I look at like my dog, okay, I have a dog. His name is Chipper. He's a golden doodle. He's a black golden doodle. And so he has a little bit of an identity crisis. He, he, uh, people don't know exactly what he is. But here's the thing about Chipper. Like his name is Chipper. Chipper loves me. Okay, that's why I love dogs and not cats. It's another firm conviction that I have. But I love, I love dogs because they don't want nothing from you, you know. A cat's always judging you a little bit in the background, you know what I'm saying? Like, but a dog, they just want to love you. And they, they're just like, love me, love me. Well, for me, with my dog, like, I love him more when he performs for me. You know what I'm saying? Roll over, sit down, be still, stay, come, go, sit, go over here, do this. Like, when he's obeying, when he's, when he's perfectly behaved, that's when I love him the most. But that ain't how Jesus rolls. Jesus loves you regardless of what you've done, regardless of your behavior, regardless of what you may do when you leave here. Brother, sister, you are perfectly loved by Jesus. And to show you that, he resurrected from the dead to give you a relationship with him. So in John chapter 20, you guys, yeah, we flipped there, right? You guys there? In John chapter 20, I want to read today just a few stories to you about his resurrection. Now listen, I don't have time. I'm not going to go through. I love to read the Bible. I don't have time today to stop at every verse and, and talk about it because, man, I could be here. No, not you. I didn't say you could be here. I could be here all day doing this, okay? Because I love Jesus, and I love, like, his word and Easter, but um, I know uh, some of us are going to want to eat lunch today. Anybody? All right, so we got, we got stuff to do. So here's the deal. I'm not going to go through every single verse. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to stop and talk about it a little bit, and then I'll read some more. Sound good to everybody? All right, let's roll. John chapter 20, and uh, I always figure that verse 1 is the best place to start. So here we go. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, everybody say Mary, came to the tomb early. She's an early riser. While it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now hang on a sec, I just got, this is too funny, okay? You guys know the other disciple is John. It's the guy who wrote the, the story, okay? So literally what he's trying to say is he just had to get a little jab at Peter in. And so he's like, yeah, and Mary came and told the disciples and they took off. But John beat Peter. And uh, it's, I mean, just like, it's so petty, man, so petty. Okay, here we go, verse 5. And stooping, in, uh, stooping in to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. 
Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Let's keep reading verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And having said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Oh, don't miss this, church. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Now we'll stop right there. I want to talk to you today about three people in the resurrection story that had experienced a relationship with Jesus. I want to talk to you about three people who understood that Jesus was resurrected to give us a relationship. And the first person is Mary. Look at Mary Magdalene. I mean, this is amazing. Like, do you, I don't know if you know the story of Mary Magdalene, but if you read Luke chapter 8, it tells us that Mary's past she was a demon-possessed woman. Now listen to me. This, I don't want you to get confused. This is not Mary, the mother of Jesus, okay? So this ain't, this ain't Christmas anymore, all right? It's Easter. This is Mary Magdalene, different Mary. And in Luke chapter 8, we see that Mary Magdalene, her past was a past of demon possession. Her past was a past of sickness. Like, you need to understand, like, what having that problem would have caused her, like, to be totally dismissed from society, totally isolated from uh, people, like, totally dismissed by the culture. Like, this is a woman who had no future before Jesus came. Had no future. Had no hope had no chance, was completely controlled by darkness. Imagine waking up every day, not just to one demon, but seven of them. Being constantly controlled by, this was who Mary was. This was her past. And then Jesus came along. Jesus heals Mary. Mary starts to follow Jesus. And now Jesus resurrects from the dead and the first person he shows up to is Mary. Come on, this is good. Like, like Jesus doesn't show up to the religious leaders. Jesus doesn't raise from the dead and say, I can't wait to go show all the pastors that I raised from the dead. Okay, Jesus doesn't raise from the dead and say, go get all the wealthy influencers so that I can show them and we can start building our gospel campaign. Okay, Jesus doesn't raise from the dead and tell the angels, let's go find the president and all the prominent politicians so that I can show them what I've done. Jesus shows up to a formerly 
depressed, isolated, demon-controlled woman. Countercultural. But that's what Jesus does. Jesus always shows up to those who need him the most. And so Jesus appears first. Now listen, I just got to think, maybe he was going to appear to Peter and John. He just didn't like the way they were being so petty to each other. It's kind of how I treat my kids. And, uh, and so he says, you know what, I'm just going to show up to Mary. Again, being a woman who was like women were often dismissed in society and, and in culture. And, and sometimes that can even happen today. And Jesus still chose to value to value a woman, to value um, those who have been dismissed and ostracized by culture, to, to value those who were once controlled by Satan. Like Jesus valued Mary. And let me show you how we know that. Okay, this wasn't just a Mary went to church and heard Jesus speak and got excited about it. Okay, this wasn't just Mary was listening to some hill song and felt the chills and got real pumped up and, you know, whatever. All right? No, Mary had a relationship with Jesus. You know how I know? Because the first words out of Jesus' mouth were Mary. And in that moment, Mary went from you're the gardener to you're the resurrected king of kings because he knew her name. Jesus knows your name, church. The resurrected Jesus who has all authority in heaven and on earth, who holds the keys to life and death, knows your name. And he calls it. And Mary came to him. And it's a miracle. It's a beautiful relationship that Mary has. The resurrection of Christ gives us a relationship with Jesus. And that's what's so beautiful about it. All right, let's, let's keep going. Look at verse 19 with me. John 20, 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I bet they were. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me even so i am sending you and when he had said this he breathed on them and said to them receive the holy spirit if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them if you withhold forgiveness from any it is withheld now thomas one of the twelve called the twin was not with them when jesus came so the other disciples told him we have seen the lord but he said to them, unless I see his hands and the mark of the nails and the place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and this time Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them, and he says again, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Hey, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. 
Hey church, that's us today. Amen? I love this. The second person I want to talk about today is Thomas. Thomas, listen, Thomas benefited. The resurrection of Jesus gave him a relationship. Look at what happened. Thomas, um, you guys know uh, his nickname, right? Anybody know Thomas' nickname? Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. How would you like for the rest of your, not even your life, but for thousands of years later, for people to get up on Easter Sunday and make so much of Jesus, and then, uh, you know, Peter gets to go in the tomb, John wins the race to the tomb, Mary gets, you know, to see Jesus first, and Thomas is the doubter. What a legacy. And so Thomas is doubting. That's, that's his name. That's, and that must have been his reputation because Jesus knew that it was happening. The disciples knew that he doubted. And so Thomas is bold. All the disciples are like, listen, you've got to believe us. Jesus is alive. Thomas goes, I've got to touch him with my hands. I want to touch the scars in his hands. I want to stick my hand in the hole on his side where he was stabbed. That's what I want, and that's the only way I would believe. So Jesus says, ding dong. Hey, Thomas, put your hands in my hands. Put your hand right here. And listen to what Thomas says. Thomas goes from a doubter, from someone who did not believe in Jesus. Do you understand that? Like, I'm not talking about Thomas just had some doubt. Thomas did not believe in Jesus anymore. Jesus had died, and he thought Jesus was dead and done. Thomas had stopped believing in Jesus. And Jesus comes and shows up. The resurrection gave him a relationship. And Thomas goes from, I don't believe in Jesus anymore, to saying these words. My Lord and my God. Not the Lord and the God. Not Lord and God. Uh-uh. What's he say? My Lord and my God. From a doubter, from someone who could not believe that Jesus was true, to taking full ownership in a relationship with Jesus. Come on. He is my Lord. He is my God. Jesus has risen from the grave. Guys, Jesus can do the same for us. See, Thomas made a huge mistake. You ever been there? You ever make a mistake before? Instead of releasing Thomas, Jesus restores Thomas. And the root of Thomas's mistake was that he just didn't believe Jesus. That's hard to believe Jesus. It is hard to have faith. If it wasn't hard to have faith, everybody would have it. But faith is hard. And when you're going through trials... And the waves of life come, and you have a past couple of years like we've had in our world, faith is hard. But praise be to God that Jesus doesn't say, keep showing up to church, keep being good little boys and girls, keep performing, keep being good enough, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh uh. Jesus says, come have a relationship with me. Put your hand in my hand. Put your hand in my side. And you get to say, I've seen the Lord. He's resurrected from the dead. My Lord, my God is Jesus Christ. That's what we get. And that's what we get to celebrate. But here's the best thing. See, there might be some of us here today who are doubters like Thomas. And I want to tell you, that's okay. God can deal with your doubt. 
He's a big God. He created the universe. I think He can handle whether or not we can really believe in Him. Alright? God can deal with your doubt. But here's what Thomas did that's important. If you're here today and you find yourself doubting, you find yourself not sure if you can really believe or what's happening, listen, take a cue from Thomas. Here's what Thomas did. Jesus showed up and gave him an invitation. Thomas, put your hand in my hand. Thomas, put your hand in my side. And Thomas took a step towards Jesus. If you're here today and you find yourself doubting, you find yourself not sure if you can trust this Jesus, take the first step. See, your step isn't even the first one. Jesus took the first step by showing up. Jesus took the first step by dying on the cross and by raising from the dead. And so now we get to take a step. So if you're a doubter today, I want to encourage you, take a step towards Jesus. See if he really is the resurrected king. All right, let's finish up. Here we go. I want to move over to chapter 21. And I want to read verses uh, 15 through 17. John 21, 15 through 17. This is about Peter. Everyone say, Peter. Peter. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was, was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. The third person, last person I want to talk about today is Peter. See, Peter, because of the resurrection, had a relationship with Jesus. But let me tell you who Peter was. Peter was a, um, a betrayer. Peter also had doubts. Peter was disloyal and inauthentic. Now, I know we don't like talking about you know, the disciples and the apostles like that. But listen, this is a guy that while Jesus was hanging on the cross, three times said, I've never even seen Jesus of Nazareth. I don't even know who he is. And not only that, but this, this grown man said it like one of the times he betrayed Jesus was to a little schoolgirl. Like you go on the playground. And a little girl, I have a little three-year-old. I'm just imagining, like, my little girl Zoe coming up to me and, and, and saying, like, asking me a question, me being so scared of her that I feel like I'm not, I can't tell her. That's Peter, okay? Peter was scared, frightened, disloyal, inauthentic. Said he was one thing when he was with Jesus, and then the moment things went south, was acted a totally different way. Come on, you ever been there? You ever been there? You ever, you ever found yourself in a place of hypocrisy before? I have. I think if you're a Christian, you should say yes. Like we have all found ourselves in places of hypocrisy. That's why the argument, well, Christians, the church, they're a bunch of hypocrites. That's why I don't... That, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. That is the definition of Jesus giving us grace. 
And so I look at this and I look at who Peter was. I mean, this is a guy, Jesus was in the garden praying before he was crucified. And Jesus just said, will you pray for me? And Peter fell asleep. Okay, that's who Peter was. Not Peter's finest moments during the crucifixion. Three times, Peter denies Jesus. Three times, Jesus restores Peter. Do you know Jesus? No. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Do you know Jesus? No. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Peter, do you know Jesus? No. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Three acts of love for three acts of denial. That is who Jesus is. You can never outrun the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus. The resurrection gives us a relationship with Jesus. And now, as a result, Peter didn't get a second chance. Peter got three second chances. Peter got multiple second chances after that. And aren't you glad that we have a Jesus who is the Jesus of second chances? This is who he is. How many of us in this room could use a second chance today? How many of us in this room go to bed thinking, I messed that up, I messed that up. Lord, I don't know how you're going to fix this mess. How many of us could use a 1,000th second chance in this place today? Are you exhausted from just having to say one thing at church and know that you're living another life? Is it exhausting to know that we just can't quite get it right? Come to Jesus. Put your eyes on Jesus. Is it exhausting feeling like you're living a double life? Jesus can take away the old life and give you a brand new life. That's the resurrection of Jesus. You don't have to live a double life anymore. It is exhausting to try to live multiple lives. Just live one and let it be a new one through Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus does. Church, we have got to focus on Jesus. We can't focus. Policies, politics, cultural sways, they are not going to save us. I am not saying they are bad. I am just saying they lack the power of salvation. We have to have Jesus. And I am convinced with every fabric of my being that life is better with Jesus than it is without Him. And that the resurrection of Jesus gives us a relationship with Him. Hey, would you, um, would you guys bow and, and pray with me? I want to spend our last few moments together in prayer. and We're going to take communion soon as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Father, thank you for the cross that took the punishment and penalty of our disobedience. Lord, thank you that you're not on the cross anymore. Thank you 
for the tomb that could not hold you down. Lord, thank you that, that you have defeated death. And so, Jesus, now I pray, Lord, and I ask that I know the reason you defeated death wasn't just to become a religious figure. Lord, it was to have a relationship with us. And so I pray right now for every person in this room that you would be sending your Holy Spirit to dwell in, to have a relationship with right now. Lord, I pray those who are lonely feel loneliness no more. Father, I pray those who have lived double lives are walking out of that and into newness of life through Jesus Christ. I pray right now that sins are being forgiven, that strongholds are being broken, that, the, that heaven can hear the sound of chains falling to the floor. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that souls are coming out of darkness right now and they're coming into light. That doubters are taking that step to you and they're trying to hold their tears back right now. Lord, make today a bad day for the devil. Lord, today is about you. And I pray right now that lives are being changed, that children right now are hearing the gospel and giving their lives to you, that, that they will be the ones to lead the church. Lord, I pray right now that you would be raising up a generation of people who have had it with cultural norms and are ready to follow Jesus. Jesus, I pray that miracles are happening in this room right now. Lord, thank you so much. Just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I, I can't help but think that there might be somebody here today who you feel lost. You feel like you're in darkness. You feel like you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you were baptized, but you don't feel like you've had a relationship with Jesus. And today is your day. This is exactly why you woke up and came to this restaurant today for this moment right now. Because I'm not going to encourage you to go give your life to Jesus. I'm going to encourage you to do it right now. Right now, I'm going to ask you to come out of darkness, to come out of religion, and to enter into a relationship of knowing God. And if that's you here today and you want to give your life for the first time to follow Jesus in a relationship with Him, I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now. And it's very simple. This prayer is not out of the Bible. It's just what I would pray if I was giving my life to Jesus for the first time. And so if you want to do that, just pray this along with me, okay? And just pray it to yourself. I'm not going to embarrass you, but you can just pray it along to yourself, okay? Ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. Please forgive me for my sin. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. And I'm giving my life to follow him from this day forward the best I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.